Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to episode 69 of the Psychic Matters podcast. There are just four days left until voting closes for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you so much to all of you who have voted so far for Psychic Matters. I'm so appreciative. And for those of you who have not yet voted, I wonder if I could ask you all a big favour. Do you think you could go to this website www.podcastawards.com. And if you could go there now and vote for Psychic Matters in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, I'd be so very grateful to you. And it's in the spirit of these particular podcast awards that we ask and work with our audiences to ask for your votes. So if you really love Psychic Matters, you love the episodes, you love the advice, you love the experts, you love everything about it, and you've learned things and you find it really a rich resource, then I would absolutely love it if you would go and vote for me. Please, please, you've just got four days to get your votes in. So (laughs) time is running out. So how do you do it? How do you vote? You go to the website podcastawards.com. And when you get there, you'll see I'm listed in three categories. And I'd ask you to vote in all of those three categories. So I'm listed under religion and spirituality. I'm listed under best female hosted podcast. And I'm listed under the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. So please do go to the website, look up those three categories, religion, spirituality, best female hosted podcast and the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. And you'll see when you get to that website, you'll see there's a blue bar across the top and it says nominations are open. When you click on the blue button, you will find this year's voting. So grateful to you for doing that for me. Just four days left. Uh, Podcastawards.com. Thank you so much. And now it is time for this week's podcast episode with my next guest, who is a fantastically talented medium and an excellent tutor. You are going to learn a lot in this episode about the importance of dedication to your mediumship training, not just in a one week course, not just in a weekend little soiree off to go off with your friends and do a bit of training, but in training year after year after year. And I would ask that as you listen, you consider very carefully the wisdom in the words of my guest this week, as she explains why we should all endeavour to follow in the footsteps of the amazing pioneers of mediumship who went before us and who were all absolutely devoted to serving the spirit world in the very best way and to the highest standards that they possibly could. Enjoy. Today, I am delighted to say that we are joined by Pamela Pollington, CSNUT, who is a spiritualist medium and a qualified healing medium as well. And Pamela has been working for many, many years, regularly taking the platform to demonstrate mediumship in spiritual churches and centers across the UK and in the USA and beyond. And one of her passions is teaching and passing on the amazing knowledge that she has learned on her her life path. And she's on the show today to talk to us about her passion for mediumship and how important it can be for grieving people to receive evidence that their loved ones in the spirit world have survived physical death. Pamela Pollington, welcome to Psychic Matters. 
Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Good morning. It's such a pleasure. It's great to have you here. It's so wonderful to have you on the show and to spend a little time in your company. So thank you so much for agreeing to join us. I know, Pamela, you've got a really busy schedule, so we're very honoured to have you here. Pamela, maybe we can start with you just speaking a little bit about what led you into this work as a medium and a healer as well. Yeah, sure. No problem. So, I mean, unfortunately, it was sadness that brought me into um, spiritualism. Uh, my daughter passed as spirit world. And I mean, with all that turmoil that was going on at that time and that sadness, my sister had gone around to a friend's house and she happened to bump into a medium there who said, I need to see your sister. So that was in within the first week or two of my daughter passing. And she kind of came around and she gave me a lovely reading. And it was kind of at that stage that it kind of ignited this little spark within me. Just to say to myself, this lady brought me so much comfort and evidence that my daughter was still around, that she had survived this physical death. She gave me things that there's no way she could have known. And even to the point of going into my daughter's house or flat and checking and looking for something she had said I would find, and I found it there. So again, I just realized at that time that there must be more to life than than what we see here. My mum, she lost her mother when she was a young woman. And so she always believed in spiritualism. So my mum was kind of always believed in the afterlife. But I think with my journey of always having that, I suppose, that spiritual need, I was involved in another religion for 12 years, which is very anti, I suppose, what I do now. But I had left that religion. And for about, I think it was about eight years, and I, I was not looking for anything religious based it's something I didn't want to get involved in ever again after my experience so to cut a long story short my sister-in-law who lost um, we lost my mother-in-law when she was quite young as well she went to a spiritualist church when her mum passed so she said to me Pam why don't we come to a a church spiritualist church and uh, because it really helped me so I remember going to the church I mean it was kind of I suppose, not long into a month after my daughter passed. And I was still in that state of I couldn't sing the songs. I couldn't, I I just really was not, but I loved it. It was like almost walking into this wonderful place where there was so much love shown to me and so much, it just felt really comfortable. So I didn't really realise actually that spiritualism was even a religion at that stage. But I went regularly week after week to not to get a message, I just used to love hearing other people getting a message. And if I thought, felt it was something for me, my heart would literally pound in my chest, please don't come to me. I was, I was not at that. <laughs> it's like, it's, please don't come to me, please don't come to me like this because I don't think I was ready for it. Even though my daughter had come through to the medium who come to my home, that kind of felt different. But I was just contented with sitting, listening to the different mediums week after week. And I even remember one night I was in a bit of a a state and the committee at Hampton Hill Spiritual Church was so wonderful that they kind of said, look, maybe you can have some healing. I'm like, healing? What's that? I don't know what healing is. I have no idea because this is all new to me. So they they took me into a, a lovely room and they gave me some healing. And it was kind of that kindness that they showed. They listened to me. The president of the church, a lovely Sheila Smoothie, she too had lost her daughter. So it was kind of like having that real connection for the first time with somebody that had been through obviously something similar to myself. 
But the love that was shown and the healing that they gave me, again, it just felt such a lovely environment to be in. And then my daughter was seeing spirit objectively. Her, my daughter in the spirit world, her sister was seeing spirit objectively. And I kind of started sitting in a circle at the church so she could understand what she was going through. So we could both, I mean, we sat in circle, but, and I really sat in circle to begin with for my daughter and her understanding of, about the spirit world. So that was really the start of my journey. And then one night in our development circle, the tutor said to us, well, we're going to make a connection to the spirit world. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I can't do that. And straight away, the spirit world came in. I was able to give a lady a message. And it's just, I, thought, I thought it was a fluke. It's not going to happen again. It's just a fluke. And then the next time and the time after, it took me quite a while before I'd actually even accept that I was a medium and that I could do this work. But at that stage, I kind of I kind of threw myself into it. I kind of went to everything that I could have done, all the church circles, sitting in a private circle. And then my heart was really drawn to going to the Arthur Finlay College. I don't know. I just was Googling one day and I saw this beautiful college and I knew at that stage I need to go there. It was kind of like pulling me, drawing me. And I was looking at a course that I really wanted to go on, a Simon James's course. And then a medium I had booked a reading with, again, is a tutor at the college, which is the lovely Andrew Manship. He come around and give me a reading. He said, I want you to go to the college. I need you to do that. And I want you to go on Simon James's course. Like, oh, that was the one I was looking at. So it kind of like real. It kind of made it all sense and it all slotted into place. So therefore, that started my journey of going to the college, taking my development seriously and just wanting to be the best that I could be. And in a way, it was a kind of that time I was spending on my spiritual development was the time that I was spending with my daughter in the spirit world. It wasn't that I needed to hear from her because I I kind of had this, you know, I had the belief there that she was still around. But it was just that time I knew that she was there helping me. So that was really important to spend that time with her as well as my development. But actually, I say sitting in the church week after week, you kind of see the mediums, ah, oh, they're really good. Mm, they're not so good. And it's not that you want to judge people because all mediums can have a, a difficult night, but you know the ones that are just like, you kind of get to learn the ones that are working mediumship and their evidence. And then you kind of work, learn, ah, oh, they're not some, they're not really with the me, um, with the spirit world. They're more psychic because they're talking about the person and not the spirit world. So I just felt sometimes that, Wanting to be the best that I can be because I feel we have a duty, not only to ourselves to be the best, but to the spirit world and to the recipients. And what saddened me sometimes when the medium wasn't so good, it saddened me to think that somebody might have taken all that effort to come to a spiritualist church and they didn't receive the quality, I suppose, of the demonstration. And it might have put them off of ever coming again. And I didn't want to ever be like that. I wanted to be the best that I could be for, for all parties involved. So I suppose that's really why I took my mediumship very seriously and dedicated the time that I did, which I kind of feel is a little bit lacking in today's society because we want everything instant. There's not the devotion there or the want to develop yourself to the best standards that you can do. That, that's my experience. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful story. I'm so sorry about the loss of your daughter, 
Pamela. It, it's obviously incredibly tragic for you, for your family. It's interesting to know that your mother also went through a similar experience, losing a daughter herself. That was extraordinary. Oh, no, my mum lost her mum young. Oh, she lost her mother young. Yeah, my mum was only in her early 20s when her mum passed as spirit world. So it's kind of that's what ignited her search. Or Yeah, she always believed in the afterlife. It's yeah. it's fantastic. I find it very interesting that you went along for your daughter's benefit, uh, yes. your your living daughter, um, yes. <laughs> to help her with her uh, exploration of this spiritualism and, and and developing in a circle. And you spoke there about her seeing spirit objectively. Could you perhaps explain for the listeners what that might mean? Yes, I can. Well, objectively means outside of. Subject is when you see it within your mind. Object is where you see outside of. And she kind of had a few experiences because she was just had a baby at the time. And um, she saw a lady sitting at the top of her stairs in, in this home that she was living in at the time. She, My daughter come to her and, and showed herself when she'd had, because my daughter had a tragic accident, how she was after she passed. I mean, these were real to my daughter. I'm not saying it wasn't real, but it might might have been her overactive imagination because the grief that she was going through. However, it it was real to her. And um, she then moved out of the place she was living in because of things happening. And she'd come and live with me. But even living here, she could see somebody walking downstairs. But that's objectively. I think, really, it could have been the deep grief that she was in. I'm not saying it wasn't real to her, but it felt real at the time. But it's just to understand for her to understand what it what the spirit world's all about really yeah thanks for explaining that that's really really interesting and you also spoke about the quality of mediumship in uh, demonstrations that we might go and see and how you've had varying different experiences of uh, the the quality of the work I suppose and and mm-hmm. acknowledging as we both know that demonstrations can sometimes be amazing and sometimes be awful usually within five minutes of each other and um, so what do you think we should uh, perhaps be focusing on as a community of mediums uh, spiritualists or non-spiritualists to raise the standard of mediumship today yeah, I think the only way you can really raise the standard is to work hard. I think that is the thing is working and developing your mediumship. I mean, with my experiences at the college, I know I, I've been to the college and some people are there for the first time, they get their first link, and then you go home and they then put on their Facebook page, uh, medium so-and-so trained at the Arthur Finlay College, and it's after one week at the college it takes years to develop I'm not perfect I still got a lot to learn and I accept that so I kind of feel like even if we feel we have kind of got it there is to keep it going keep that dedication going keep that practice going with myself wanting to be the best that I can be I kind of done a mentorship to to with my CSNU so I wanted to get that qualification for myself really just to just to take it it, it's such a I suppose what I'm trying to say, it it is such a responsibility being a medium. And I would never want to do any harm to somebody with my words. So it's actually aiming to be the the best that you can be and improve the standards within our churches. And that's why I went into teaching as well. Again, I don't have all the answers, but I will give it the best that I can. And 
with the teaching side of things is to improve the standards also within our churches and use what I've learned, I suppose, in my journey. I've, I've had some fabulous tutors. I've been really, I suppose, thankful in that way or really um it just feels I've been really lucky as well that I'm I'm able to go to the college and I'm able to do the courses there or workshops other places because it wasn't just the college within my church Hampton Hill Spiritual Church we have a really good learning developing circles so we have uh, Martin Twycross is um at our church he does a lot of the teaching there uh, his wife Linda so again we had really good quality teachings within the church but every week I would go and and sometimes you feel like people today well I'll go once this month oh, I can't make it next week and it's just like there doesn't seem to be any consistency with people they're not taking it serious as what the old school did the pioneers I mean we talk about the pioneers we talk how dedicated they were to their developing and their training and sitting for spirit and all this it takes time we, and I think people have got to realise it's not a competition. It's, it's not a race to be the best you can be. It's, it's about supporting each other as well and, that, and giving that support back. And also, we're talking about my church at Hampton Hill. I kind of joined the committee as well. I'm vice president there. But I joined the committee really because of the love and I suppose the uh, care that was shown to me at that time. When I was at the lowest of my, my life, um, losing my daughters very tragically very um it's just out of the blue it wasn't expected she wasn't poorly or anything and it was just one of you know really tragic accident losing her was at the lowest of my my life that I was shown that love and that that care at that time I wanted to give that back as well which is why I joined the committee so it's not just dedicated to my teaching it's dedication to the church that I belong to because I will always be eternally grateful to those lovely committee members that showed me that love and support. And you spoke about the healing as well. Maybe the healing was something that I maybe didn't want to do to begin with, but I just firmly believe that the spirit would open these areas for us. And we kind of feel like, but maybe they need me to go in that area of healing. So that's why um, I got invited to become one of the healers at the church it takes a couple of years we, you know, to get the certificate and the hard work that goes into it. So I just thought, okay, Spirit, if this is what you want me to do, the healing as well, then yeah. But I also firmly believe with our mediumship, it should be healing too. People should go away from a reading, feeling that comfort and that healing. And then I've done my job correctly. Yeah, that's really lovely. What What does healing consist of I haven't looked into the training to be a spiritual healer what what does the training consist of and how do you offer that healing because you spoke about receiving it and obviously you're now giving it so so what is that process the process I mean it's changed since I've become a healer it used to be you do I think it's the h1 within because I'm an snu healer there are other forms of healing, obviously, but being an SNU trained healer or healing medium is what it's called now because you connect with the spirit world. So when I was doing it, you had to the H1, which is um, your theory, your written work. So you learn all of the theory and um, you submit your essays like you do with your CSNU. And then um, I had to do 100 hands-on healing sessions. So 100 hands-on and each time you've done your hands-on healing, you then get your um, signature. 
I know it's gone down to 50 now. So it's kind of has halved the hands on. I think people were just feeling it was too long for them. And I mean, and, and then you had to go to free review days as well, which is training days. So, I mean, Hampton Hill Spiritual Church has got a wonderful group of healers. I think at the time when I was training, I think we had about 20 healers. Obviously, we've just been through COVID, so everything's changed. So we have to keep thinking pre-COVID. We had about 20 healers, very, very busy on Wednesday evenings, but the atmosphere is wonderful. Um, And I do find whenever, even if I'm having a sort of low day myself, you go and do healing and it's from spirit, through spirit, to spirits, you connect to the spirit world or, or to the source. So from the spirit world and then the energy flows the healing energy and it knows where it needs to go so you don't need to touch the place or anyway just put your hands on and you can also do distant healing and absent healing so there is that too and how do people feel after they've had a healing session with a healing medium yeah that's what I was going to say just how I feel when I've given healing I always go home buzzing so I know it's kind of like part of the healing you know it touches the vessel it sticks to the side if that makes sense you're the vessel they go home feeling wonderful. They sleep better um, if that's an area of that. Um, but you see, when you do the healing, it's not just at the time. It continues for a little while after you've stopped healing. And many people say, wow, I can still feel your hands on me, even though you're not touching. And it's just a wonderful experience. People are really grateful. I don't do healing outside of the church. I give back through the church with my healing. But I say the mediumship is healing too. Oh, thanks for explaining that. That's, Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. Thank <laughs> you for explaining. It's brilliant. And you spoke also about the, the devotion, I think, the devotion that we have to our work and that we recommend others have as well, that total devotion to the spirit world. You spoke before the interview started about how we're working for spirit. It, it, that's interesting. It's just the commitment really. I feel some people, they they flit in and flit out, flit in and flit out, and then they wonder why they're not progressing. It takes dedication to do this work. It takes commitment to do this work. And if you keep flitting, like, oh, yeah, I'll be there tonight, and then they don't show up, oh, I'll be there next week. It's kind of like there's no seriousness in it. It's not a hobby. I just feel it's part of my life. And, And that's really important to me, to dedicate that time for the spirit world and I feel not it's all about when I talk about dedication to the spirit world I kind of feel we owe them to do the best that we can and we're not going to become mediums overnight it's going to take many 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 years and that's where the dedication needs to come in is to be committed I think that's just so lovely that we have this duty to the spirit world of which you spoke yeah it's duty and service isn't it really Mm. so and so if somebody wanted to um they're dedicated they've got a devotion to the to the work and to the spirit world and they want to carry on where should they go to get the training you know the good training that they need if you know rather than pitching up to the wrong place every week what what's the process for those people I always say to my students I always say before you choose a teacher watch them work (laughs) that is one way so watch them work if you like the way that they work and you feel drawn to them then just go for it I believe I don't believe that you should just have one tutor I, I kind of had many throughout the way I mean I've been very lucky to go I've been very fortunate to go to the college and have the best tuition because the Arthur Finlay College I feel is where I know it 
not everybody can go there because of the money side of things but it is really is you just go there for the whole week and it is totally a wonderful experience it, it just feels it's just everyone that goes there will know it just feels like home it just feels that really but you're dedicating yourself for that whole week just to work with the spirit world to be with like-minded people and it's an amazing experience so I've been very fortunate in that way however even if you can't afford to go is yeah watch watch your medium work but I'm a firm believer actually when the student is ready the tutor will appear and that's the way it's kind of worked for me that I've always had the right tutor at the right time and that's probably I'm very lucky in that way but that's what I feel too that the tutor or yourself the, the student will kind of meet somewhere and it will feel right to go with that person if it feels right and also be your own be your own person I think I would hate to become a clone of another medium because I feel we all have our own uniqueness. We all need to be our own people. So if you do find some, just stick into one tutor, you might find you might just work like them or talk like them or do what they do. But again, that's why just have various tutors is always a good thing. I was I had um, some wonderful advice by so many tutors. I, I mean, Mavis Patilla, she kind of said, stick to the ones that know you so I did I kind of stuck to I I was used to go on Paul Jacobs courses a lot at the college and get involved with their tutors there so um, they kind of knew me they got to know how my mediumship worked what I needed so they helped me develop in that way so I kind of took that advice on board as to stick to the tutors that know you at the college doesn't mean so you can have different tutors but it's just they all sing from the same hymn sheet and they all teach the same so again that's important that you because many people teach different things out and I don't teach old school of rituals and things I know they used to in the past and some maybe circle leaders still do I'm very down to earth with my teaching and I think you should enjoy your development as well because if you're not enjoying it then what's the point in doing it you need to enjoy things that you do in life too so make it fun if you're going to teach it's like just enjoy it and make your students enjoy it too are you teaching at the Arthur Finley College now Pamela no no not yet (laughs) no it's on it I mean it could be on the cards I've done the new tutors course so yeah we'll just have to see where that one goes if it's meant to be I'm a firm believer and but if it's meant to be it will be so if it happens it happens it's meant to be and if it doesn't then I'm not meant to do that I am teaching, I do my own circles. I teach at Hampton Hill Spiritualist Church, running the development circles there, mediumship practice circle, uh, open awareness circle. I'm also um, going to be going abroad uh, to Switzerland very soon, which I'm looking forward to, to teach for the first time. So that's exciting. Uh, I love it. I love seeing the students develop. It's a real sort of, it gives you a really good warm feeling inside when they're happy and um, they're getting the connection and it's just really helping them on their pathway that 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 brings so much joy yeah it does it really does when you see other people thriving and and Switzerland sounds really very exciting as well so congratulations on that appointment also you do teach online don't you I teach my own group online that's correct I also do one-to-one mentoring which is yeah, really good people um want a one-to-one because not everybody wants to start in a group setting they want to have that individuality to begin with and then I would encourage them to start practicing with with people um, and go to a development circle so that's where you kind of really need it's the practice 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 
And if you don't get it right, it doesn't matter. It's just you're practicing. No time spent with the spirit world is ever wasted. Never. It's always something new to learn. Every time I do a reading for somebody, they come, you know, the one-to-one readings. I'm learning all the time. It's fascinating. And we're all unique. You see, the spirit world use our data. They use what we're familiar with. I get, a, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know a way to look at it. I get a lot of young passings because that's what, it's what you go through in life. The spirit world will use your experiences. So I know my daughters, they're helping me. So that's, I can just say, come on, my mum can do it. I can just imagine her. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so nice, isn't it? So lovely, a yeah. helper on the other side. On the other side. I know also, Pamela, that you do soul or spiritual assessments. Perhaps you could speak a little bit about that aspect of your work as well. Yeah, soul or spirit. It's really about tuning into the energy of the person and just working with what they they need on their spiritual pathway. And it might be something that they haven't thought about themselves because, again, you might pick up in somebody's spiritual journey or this assessment that they actually you could be a really good healer here or you could be a teacher or or maybe if you sort of thought about working in trance it's all about really their spiritual pathway because not everybody is going to be a great medium they may train and train some people pick it up but never put anybody off either so it's kind of maybe Maybe you can pick up in that spiritual assessment something that's holding them back, something that's blocking them, and maybe even giving them advice on that. So that's what a spiritual assessment's all about, and about getting into their soul and working with their energy to to feel what would be good for them, what, but also what is stopping them, what is holding them back. Maybe it's something that happened to them in the past that they need to work on, because I do feel we need to work on ourselves to become the best mediums that it can be. So self-work, self-care is really important too. So yeah, sometimes we have to go and we have to address things that we haven't quite dealt with in our past. And that can take a lot of unsettlement for a time, but we have to do it to be able to move forward. And for those people that perhaps have never had a spiritual assessment or 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 no or this is the first time they've ever heard about it, how do you as a medium tune in to somebody else's soul to to become aware of all of that information it's just trust <laughs> a lot of it is just trust I mean it's from the I'm not saying with spiritual assessment it's mostly psychic but it's not to say that we couldn't link to the spirit world as well but mostly it's about their energy so it's almost like a psychic reading but it's all also about tuning to them energetically and it can be done even on over um, over Zoom because again we even though it's that intelligence there, it works on that voice vibration as well. So you're just really getting into into their soul and, and tuning into energy. I mean, some people can read the auric field around people. Sometimes they can, depends on what their background's like. So it's just really reading them and as a person in front of you. That's really how I do it. Sounds <laughs> lovely. I just do. Yeah, no, it sounds. <laughs> Some people say, well, how do you link to the spirit world? I don't know. I just do. I just do it. They're just there. I don't have to do this. Oh, come down in a bubble, come surround me. It's never been like that for me. They're just there straight away. So, um, yeah, Yeah, that's wonderful. And your mediumship, as you've gone through from the beginning, the uh, first steps into mediumship and, and doing this work to now, how has your mediumship changed? Because for me, my mediumship has evolved in so many different ways and I'm working in new ways all the time. And 
And so now every time I step up to work with the spirit world, it's like, ooh, it's so exciting what's going to happen today. But I'm just wondering if you could say a little bit about how your mediumship has changed over the years and evolved. It's always evolving. Like you say, There's we kind of go into it, don't we? We've got no script. We work blind. We step up. We, we offer ourselves. You never know what's coming forward. The more you work with the spirit world, obviously, the deeper that connection can become. So it's not to waste any piece of evidence. The spirit will give us the the evidence for a reason. Now, I think I've learned to breathe it in and just go a little bit deeper. Am I missing something here? It's okay to get a no. I think that's what I've learned as well. That if somebody says no to me, that's fine, because I will either go back and check or the spirit world, the, the recipient can go back. And so many times when they've said no to me, I get a message after, oh, no, you're right. I was able to go back and check it. So, yeah, you were correct. And I say, yeah, I knew I was. No, <laughs> I joke. And then, um, but sometimes the, the recipient just cannot remember. So it's not that the spirit world's wrong. It's not that we're wrong. It's the fact that our recipient cannot remember. So again, over the years, I think you don't let those no's knock your power. You stay in that power and, okay, you're saying no to me. That's fine. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But I will go a little bit deeper. I'll go, and if the spirit will want to bring it back in a different way, they can do. It's probably easier on a one-to-one because, again, you, you can go a lot deeper on one-to-ones and you on the platform. You on, on the platform, you have to be really careful of how you come across and the words that you use. Um, because you don't want to offend anybody but it it is a skill that you have to learn and it really is and you want the the audience to be engaging with you as well they want to work with you so sometimes it is a skill platform work and it takes a long time to learn that skill and not to jump too quickly before you're ready is another I took I took a lot longer to get on platform than I probably should have done because of I found the philosophy difficult because I'm not a natural speaker because going going back in time to my school days having dyslexia not being able to retain sort of words so easily they don't flow easily and it's another reason why I wanted to do the CSNU is to become a better speaker to actually because I know that's what's needed as well the inspired speaking that was a lot harder for me so I when you think about how have I changed yes it's become easier, I suppose, because again, I've, I've, I've worked and worked and worked on it. And that's what you have to do. You have to keep on and keep on until you can become uh, still lots to learn with my speaking as well. I'm not perfect, but I really give it a go. And I think that's what you have to do. It sounds like what you're saying there as you speak, it's beautiful listening to you talk about that evolvement of your mediumship and it sounds like what's happened for you is you've grown and grown and grown in your trust with the spirit world and perhaps that's why when you now get a no you can just go back to spirit world and try to unfold that in the way they meant rather than thinking you'd done something wrong yeah and again we have to also learn in life that we're not going to be everybody's medium we're not going to always meet their needs because their needs might you know, I'm talking about the recipient, not the spirit world here. We're not going to always meet the recipient's needs when they come for a reading. I always remember one lady, I, I kind of done, I kind of felt I'd done the spirit world justice. I, I brought her sister through to me. Um, evidence was really good. And then I got you, when you get the email saying, oh, 
you didn't tell me what was in my pocket. <laughs> it's like, or you didn't tell me what was going in my life. And then it's like, you have to explain, well, you asked for a mediumship reading. That is what I gave you. If it wasn't the need of the spirit world's need to tell you what was in your pocket, then I, ha- it, I, I work for the spirit world really and not for you in a sense. It wasn't their need to say, oh, you've got this in your pocket. It, they want to test you some people when they come for a reading. But again, we're not going to meet all their needs. We have to just accept that. Just hope that we've done our best for the spirit world because we are the voice of the voiceless. And that's what we have to realise. We are there to work for the spirit world. Yes, the recipient's there, but again, what is the spirit world's need and what do they want to bring forward is always how I work. I love that. I just love that, Pamela. Thank you for explaining all of that. It's beautiful. So people perhaps who live in other countries that listen to this podcast who don't have access, unfortunately, for them to the Arthur Finney College and these great training institutions, what can they do, do you think, to develop their mediumship? Yeah, again, I... I work with um, people from America mainly. I've had some lovely experiences by doing one-to-one sit-ins. And there isn't as much in America. I'm just using that. Or in other countries, because I don't I don't just do, I've done readings for people in Switzerland, Germany, Holland. So they don't have the churches that we have. So we are very fortunate in England to have the SNU and our churches and, and other centres that have built, been built up. So we have a lot in England going back to people in other countries. I do run a development circle online and I do have a couple of American ladies that joined. So that's lovely. I think since COVID, especially, I know it did happen before, but since COVID it's opened the world, but it worries me too, because even though there's a lot of people teaching it, maybe, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be teaching it. Maybe I, I, I'm a firm believer in, unless you've got your own mediumship into where you're happy with and you've established yourself as a medium, personally, do I feel people should be teaching it if they can't do it themselves? It's a gray area because I can't say they shouldn't because I'm not judging jury, but again, it's a gray area. I just feel they need to get their own mediumship to a development so before they can teach something until they truly understand it. So be careful where you want to develop. Practice one-to-ones with people. Practice with your friends. Also, there is the SNUI, which is another option that people can have from all over the world. And that is a fabulous way that people can learn. It's not very expensive to join. There's loads of classes on there. All the t- tutors that are on the SNUI are more than likely got their CSNU or they are really qualified good tutors so that is another option for people around the world but yes there also are wonderful tutors from the college run courses online so also they travel to different areas around the world is um, another option just yeah just really be there's a lot out there just be careful because there's a lot of good, but also there could be a lot of bad too. So just choose your courses wisely. <laughs> I don't know how to put that. I'm trying to be so tactful, but it's yeah, it's really be choosing wisely. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Choose very wisely. See who you're drawn to. And there is a lot out there. And thank you for suggesting all those different places, because that gives people lots of options. So that's wonderful. Yes, there is. And 
there is options out there. And I know from looking at your website, you have a diary of wonderful demonstrations coming up. Uh, you've been quite busy this year. I can see from all the places that you're mm. demonstrating mediumship. So if people wanted to come and watch you in person, if they're lucky enough to live in the UK, there's a list of those on your website. You're all over the place. You're up and down from London up to the north, mm. everywhere. Um, and I've recently done a demonstration with another lovely medium. And it's in, used to do it before COVID, but obviously now things are opening up again I done one locally for the local just down the road really and I was so amazed that we had over 150 people turn up so the need is there the need is there I'm always going to be a church medium because I love the churches I do feel there should be a reverence to what we do however to get those people in churches we have to have that balanced viewpoint that not everybody's going to work, walk into a church so we have to have that balance. So putting it out into the community is, I do it occasionally, but I, there is a need out there. People, I don't see it as entertainment. I really don't. And that's why I want to try and encourage people to come to the churches for the reverence of it. So hopefully my me being balanced and going out and doing a big demonstration, it might ignite their curiosity to want to look into spirituality a little bit more. But I'm a firm believer, you see, that our loved ones come back to us because they love us and they want to let us know that they're around. But also they want to awaken us spiritually too. So hopefully by doing a bigger demonstration within the community, it's going to invoke that little spark of curiosity and hopefully help them on their own spiritual journey too. Just wonderful. Thanks, Pamela, for that. And so if people want to find out all about you and wh what you're doing and all the things that you are offering, perhaps you could tell us what your website is. It's www.pamelapollington.co.uk. That's my website. And Pollington is P-O-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N. -L -L That's correct. <laughs> Also, the link to your website will be in the show notes for this podcast, which will be up, up on my website. So if people just go to the podcast page for this episode and they can be linked directly to you. So just another thing that I wanted to mention, which has just come up yesterday. People have this notion that the spirit will take a while to come forward. Some people, when my daughter passed her spirit world, my mum got hold of one medium and she said, oh, no, she won't come through for six months. She's in a healing hospital. Now, I just want to just say that there is no time. The spirit world can come through the very next day. And because a lady asked me, she was wanting a reading. Oh, do I have to wait some time? Only yesterday. You don't have to wait any time to hear from your loved ones. And I love this, what I read the other day. Like when we go on holiday, what is the first thing that we do? We let our family know we've arrived safely. That is what the spirit world wants to do for us. Whether it's a sign from the spirit world, whether they give you, I had loads of signs from my daughter. I had a read and I say one to two weeks into her passing. So there is no time. The spirit world will want to let us know that they have arrived safely by looking out for those signs that they're there. So beautiful. It is, isn't it? I was, I was like, yeah, that's really, I love that analogy. They will want us to know that they've arrived safely. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Pamela Pollington, thank you so much for joining us on Psychic Matters and sharing all of your knowledge. It's been brilliant listening to you. I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was spiritualist medium and qualified healing medium, Pamela Pollington. I think we've all got some real food for thought there about our dedication to the craft of mediumship. How dedicated are you? 
How dedicated am I? It's interesting, isn't it? I'm sure we can all find ways to be more devoted to our practice and to take it just that little bit more seriously. If you want to pick up the show notes along with any of the URLs or references mentioned in this episode, along with a full transcript, of course, please visit my website, anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com, and go to the podcast tab and click on the podcast page. And if you haven't already done so, May I ask you, please, once again, can you vote for Psychic Matters in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, www.podcastawards.com, and vote in three categories, Religion and Spirituality, Best Female Hosted Podcast, and the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. Voting closes on July 31, so only four days left. I'd be so grateful if you would do that for me now. Podcast Award. Awards.com. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another marvellous episode for you. I do love making these podcasts, you know. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for me. Please do keep those coming as well because written reviews are really helpful and they really do move the podcast up the podcast charts. So if you have enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes, please go and leave me a written review. And you can always leave more than one. So if you've done it before, please consider leaving another one. And there is a link on my website on the podcast page to do that. Meanwhile, I wish you all well with your spiritual development in whatever area you are working in. And I do hope that this episode has given you something to mull over regarding where you are on your own spiritual path. And perhaps you might make a little more time to sit in meditation to still the mind, or you might want to sit in the power to feel the magnificence of your own soul self. Perhaps you'll commit to practicing your craft on a more regular basis, or maybe you're going to commit to regularly taking a walk with spirit, asking them to accompany you when you go out walking, or just ask them to draw close to you when you sit quietly at home. Whatever it is you choose to do, remember Pamela Pollington's wise words, No time spent with the spirit world is ever wasted. Never. My name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters.